So this morning, we are going to talk about vegetables. So, um, because the story we're going to look at today in, in the scripture is a story about vegetables, but to be honest, it's really more of a command about vegetables than it is a story about vegetables, which makes sense because when the command was actually given, most of the people at that time, way back in the Old Testament, would have been a farmer, pretty much everybody. There weren't CPAs and there weren't um, you know, waitresses and waiters and there weren't engineers and, and there weren't insurance salesmen and marketing guys. Pretty much there were farmers and farmers. Now, some people probably were a little more crop-oriented and maybe some people a little more uh, animal-oriented, but that's pretty much in the Old Testament, especially when you go all the way back into the five, uh, first five books of the Bible. That's pretty much what everybody did. And so this was a command that was given to these farmers, and that's why we're talking about that this morning. We want to talk about their vegetables. Now, most of us are not farmers, though. Any farmers in the room? Maybe instead of farmers, we are, have a few people that are uh, gardeners. Any gardeners in the room? Now, last week, we probably really should have had this message last week. It might have fit a little bit better with, with our farmer's market. But uh, maybe you're a, a little bit of a, um, of a gardener. And that's kind of where we are, my wife and I. And, uh, well, I should say she's the gardener. I am the, I am the harvester. And uh, so I, I go out and I pick the things that she's planted. But back about four years ago, she decided that, uh, well, we moved. We list, used to live in the Enchanted Forest. If anybody remember where we lived, there were just trees everywhere. And then somebody had the brilliant idea of putting a swimming pool right underneath it all. And so basically what I did all summer is I just fished acorns out of the pool. It was great fun. But then we moved to this house. There's no pool. That's great. And there's no trees. Like, uh, I used to, like, uh, rake up, like, 100 bags of leaves every fall, and usually now I just kind of mow over about, you know, three piles, and it's like, oh, that's good. I don't even do a bag. And I love it, but you know what else is good is because we have sun on our property now. And so my wife, back about four years ago, was like, well, let's do, our, let's do a garden here. And so we planned this garden. And so what we did is we went out there, and we... Uh, well, I built these boxes. They're like eight foot by three foot, and that was my job. And then I filled them with dirt, and I filled them with compost. And, and my wife went off to Bordines, and she fought herself a, a few little plants. And, and she went out and stuck these little plants like in the corner of the garden box. And there's like, you know, it's, it's big, like this big. And she sticks these two little plants in this end, and she sticks these two little plants on this end. I'm like, that is no way to garden. You need to be putting plants in there the whole way. She's like, no, 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 no. I've read about this. This is how you're supposed to do it. And so she just puts these two little plants. So I've gotten used to it. So this year, once again, we have our, our garden boxes out there. And she went out and put her two little plants out there. One end, she put two little zucchini. At the other end, she put these two little uh, cucumber plants. And so I was out there actually this past Friday, and I was harvesting all these cucumbers. And there were like these two plants and I just kept pulling cucumber after cucumber after cucumber after cucumber off of these plants. And when I got done, I had 13 of them. And my neighbor was out beside the fence. I'm like, uh, uh, hey, Scott, do you, uh, do you like cucumbers? He's like, yeah, we love them. I'm like, you know, here's four. And I'm still trying to carry all these cucumbers into our house. But that's about as much as I get into gardening. But there's a principle right there. It's like if you're going to be a garden, you've got to kind of do things in order. And you have to start somewhere. So we started by building boxes. 
and then by planting, and then by watering, and by fertilizing, and then finally you get to the harvest, but you have to have a first somewhere in the process. Well, we've been doing this series on first things first. Mark started it off in looking at some of the first in the Bible, the first command. The first command is to love the Lord your God with everything that you've got, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it, it's a, I, the idea is start here. If you want to start your life, start right here with loving God with everything you've got. Last week, Pastor Parker spoke about seeking first the kingdom of God. That was a great service, wasn't it? If you missed it, you ought to go back and watch it uh, on our YouTube channel. Just a fantastic time. But we seek the kingdom of God first, and actually, by doing that, it takes care of a lot of the worry and the concern that we have in our lives. Well, this week, we get to another starting point of something where we are start, supposed to start first. And it starts, though, with vegetables. But the interesting thing about these vegetables is I don't want to talk about starting where we usually start by planting them. I want to start where the story starts, and that's actually when we harvest them. So if you would, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 26. And we're going to look at a story there, not about planting, but about harvesting. But it's a story about vegetables. It's actually a command, as I mentioned earlier. But it's an interesting command to me because of where it's found. It actually first comes up in, in Exodus chapter 23. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but when the Ten Commandments were given, more than just the Ten Commandments were given. So we generally look at Exodus 20 and say, okay, those are those Ten Commands. But if you keep reading, God wasn't done yet. Those are just the ten that, that Moses read down, wrote down on his tablets. But God keeps going. In Exodus 21, there's more commands. In Exodus 22, there's more commands. In Exodus 23, there's more commands. And right before he finishes up, on, on the second to last command, God gives a, a command here that we're going to look at this morning. Now, when Moses came down from the mountain, of course, the, the, the people were worshiping the, the golden calf there. And Moses took those tablets and he threw them down and they broke. And so he had to go back up the mountain and he had to get the tablets again. And so God wrote out the tablets, those Ten Commandments. But when he did that, he actually went through and did all, gave Moses all of these commands again. And so this command comes up again. And again, in the exact same location, the second to last commands of all these commands that God was giving to his people. Now here's the deal about this command, though. In fact, I, I should mention this. This command is so important, it's actually mentioned 13 times in the first uh, five books of the Bible there. So this was like a big deal for the people that were living back then. But the challenge to us is because it was actually a command about vegetables. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, like, what does the Bible say about vegetables? Maybe you're having a hard time coming up with it, but we're going to get there. But it's not just about vegetables. It's about the idea behind the command about vegetables. And this is always true. When we look at a command in the Bible, the command isn't necessarily the big deal. And sometimes we'll say, well, that's, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, when the Bible says, thou shalt not or thou shalt, that's obviously the, the big focus there, what we're supposed to do or what we're not supposed to do. Not exactly. Because every command in the Bible is actually given by somebody in, in God. 
So there's a who behind the command. And as we look at any command in the Bible, it tells us something about the person who gives the command. And so when we look at the Ten Commandments, it tells us about the God who gave them. For instance, thou shalt not kill. It tells us that he's a God of life. You know, thou shalt uh, not bear false witness. Again, he's, he's the God who cares about people, but it tells us something about the God but there's also a why behind every command. So it's not just what, it's who, but it's also why. And every command is given to us for a general purpose. And it's always for our good, by the way. God's commands are never arbitrary. They're always given to us for a purpose, and they're always given to us for our good. And sometimes we might look at a command and say, I'm not sure how that really benefits me, especially when we see a command about vegetables when most of us don't farm or garden even. So what does this vegetable thing have to do with today? Well, the principle or the why behind this command is huge. And that's what we really want to focus on today. So it's not about the vegetable. It's actually about the principle that we're talking about. Well, the command was given in Exodus 23, 19 to start with, and here's what it is. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. I'll read that again. Bring the first fruits, or bring the crops, or bring the cucumbers in my case, of the fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. But it's not just the crops, it's the first crops. Bring those to the house of the Lord your God. And it's, we're calling it this morning, it's the principle of first fruits. And so this was the, 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 uh, the story back then, to start with. When we get to Deuteronomy chapter 26, what we're just about to read, the Israelites came out of Egypt. They were supposed to go into the promised land. They didn't have faith, so they were, they were condemned for their, their lack of belief, and they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. The 40 years passed. The generation of their children is now raised up, and they are going, getting ready to go into the promised land that God said they could have. And this is when this command that we're just about to look at was given. So it's right before they're going into this land that they're going to possess and that's still part of their land today. And so that's the story there, the context for the story. Let's read it here in, in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse number 1. When you have entered the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, that's a really important phrase there, he's giving it to you as an inheritance, and if you, once you have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all of the produce of the soil of the land that the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. And so we're going back to this command that was given in Exodus. It's 40 years later, and God's still on this same theme here. Okay? Cucumbers, vegetables, first fruits. He said, when you come into this land and you have your first harvest, take the first of that harvest and take it to the priests. Give it to the priests, and then you can, uh, it, 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 well, it says there in verse number two, put it in a basket. Then go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as his dwelling for his name. And that was the tabernacle, which had moved around in those 40 years. Now it's going to have a little bit more of a permanent presence there. He says, take it to that place and say to the priests in office at that time, I declare today to the Lord your God, that I have come to the land the Lord swear to our ancestors to give to us. 
In other words, take this all, bring it to the priest, and say this, I received what God promised me. I'm living in this land that God said we could have, and I'm harvesting of the crops of this land, just like God said, and I am, I am um, acknowledging that today. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm bringing that just what I have promised. Now, what's interesting to me about this is when the harvest started, they were supposed to go get the first pickings of the harvest and take that to the tabernacle to the priest. And once they had done that, then they would go back out and pick the rest of the harvest. So it wasn't like they gathered everything in and then they separated some of it out and they took it over there to the priest. They took the very first that came and said, okay, this goes here. And then after they had given it, they would go back into the fields and they would finish with their harvesting. It says then, so you take it to the priest in verse number five, then you shall declare before the Lord your God. And this is a long statement. So they're supposed to take these, these crops, bring them to the priest, Give them the priest, say that first statement back there, verse number three. And then verse number five, they have more to add to it, and this is what they're supposed to say. My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to, into Egypt. We're talking about Jacob here, and, and with a few people, and he lived there, and he became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil uh, that you, Lord, have given me. Now, I don't know if they had to say that word for word. If so, I hope they were able to write it down. Because that's a lot to remember there. But they were supposed to come in, make this presentation, this offering, and say this. Place the basket before the Lord your God and down, bow down before him. So take the first of your harvest to the priest. When you go, make this declaration. And once you've done that, you can go back and finish your harvest. But do this first. First things first. This is the first thing that you need to do. And why? Well, the who is God and the why is so that you can have a better life. I think most of us would like to have a better life. I mean, I, most of us don't get up in the morning and say, boy, I hope everything goes bad today. Because that won't be, a, won't that be a challenge? Won't that be fun? I can get to the end of the day and say, wow, look what we overcame. Now, maybe you're that mature in your thinking. I'm not. I'm like, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I hope everything goes smooth today. Because that would be just fine. But first things first, we've got to start somewhere. And if you want your life to get better, here's the good news, people. It's not about eating your vegetables. You know, your mom told you that, eat your vegetables, because your mom wasn't telling you the truth, okay? It wasn't about eating your vegetables. It's actually about bringing your vegetables or giving your vegetables. And it's this foundational principle, and here's what it is. If we put God first, life will work better. If we put ourselves work first, it's, it's not going to work so well. And so what we need to do is we need to give the first of what we have to God and not the leftovers. And so many times in our faith, we give God what's leftover rather than what we start with. And God's like, if you want your life to go better, 
Give me what's first. Don't give me the leftovers. Give me the first. In this case, it was the first of your crops. Or it might be the, the first of your time. Or it might be the first of your affection. Or it might be the, the first of your finances. Or it might be the first of your attention. Or it might be the first of your resources. But we need to start with God. We need to start here. And that simple principle is potentially transformational in your life. If you start with your cucumbers... This can change your life. And so as we look at this story here, there's five things that come out of this that I want to mention here this morning that I think could be helpful to us as we try to master this principle in our own stories. Here's the first thing. This story, this principle, is a reminder to us that God is our source. It's a reminder to us that God is our source. Here's what's interesting to me about this story. When they came into the land and conquered the land, this promised land, the the Israelites, their first harvest was not crops that they had planted. It's what had been planted before them. And so they harvest this first harvest, and they could take no credit for it. Other than to say, well, look what God did for us by having this land be... be, um, be developed by these former people, but it's a reminder to us when we bring our first fruits that God is our source, and it's a great picture of grace, and it's a great reminder to us that everything we have in life is simply because God gave it to us. Whatever you have, whatever you enjoy, whether it's the things you eat, the place that you live, what you're driving, the, the, the job that you have, those are all gifts from God. And they can be taken from us at any time. And some of us have lived through those situations where we have something taken from us. Like we'll lose a job or, 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 or maybe finances fall apart. We might lose a house or whatever. And we realize that those aren't guarantees. And we realize that ultimately those things are outside and beyond our control. It's because they're in God's control. And it's him that has given it to us. And when we bring those first fruits, those cucumbers... It's a reminder that God is our source, and it's a good thing for us to be reminded of that because God's resources are unlimited. And so when God gives me cucumbers, and I'm like, okay, you want me to bring the first of these, and I bring them in and say, okay, here's the offering, that's okay because God gave it to me in the first place. He can give me more. Because he is actually my source, and and he never runs out of those resources. And sometimes we want to hold on to these things, like, I I, I can't let these go because this is all that I have. But we have this thought that I have this, and and I'm responsible to go out and get more. And the truth of the matter is, like, no, 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 no. This is what God actually gives us. He gives us whatever we need, and he's more than able to replace anything that we give. Because it's on him, not on us. Now, if God doesn't need anything, though, if God has these unlimited resources, he can't need anything, why does he ask us to do this? He asks us to do this for our benefit so that we will be reminded that God will take care of us. And so when I give the first of my time, I'm reminded of the fact that God will give me enough time to get done what I need to get done. Or when I give the first of my finances, I'm reminded of the fact that God will give me the what I need. When I give him the first of my affections, I'm reminded of the fact that God will give me enough love for the other people in my life 
as well. And so the first fruits, the principle of first fruits is a reminder that God is our source. Secondly, it's a challenge to us to be grateful. See, they were to bring these vegetables in to say, thank you for what you've given me. And when we give, it's always a challenge to us to be grateful, to practice contentment versus entitlement. We live in a very entitled world that we fall into it ourselves. In fact, we hear ourselves saying things, well, I deserve this, and, and we think this is all about me, and, and we, we get into our arguments because I'm all concerned about protecting myself, and I'm all about this, and I need to live gratefully, and great gratitude forces me to to turn the focus from inside to outside. And I start to realize that there are other people, in this case, God has given and poured into my life. And so I could sit there and say, wow, look what I have received. Look how much I have been given. In fact, gratitude is our key motivation for giving. When we come to church and we give, our key motivation isn't that we give because we have to keep these ministries going or we have to keep this, this building in good condition and we have to advance the cause of the church. That's not our key motivation for giving. And when we give, uh, this is not a key motivation for giving either where we say, well, you know, I'm going to give this because I know the Bible says that if I give, that I'll get. And so I'm going to invest here because I know I'm going to get more back. And the Bible does teach that. It may be in the next life, may not be in this life. But that's still not our key motivation for giving. Our key motivation for giving is simply gratitude. I give because I have been given. And then that leads us to a third point, which is this, this principle of the first fruits, try again, is an encouragement for us to live generously. The basis of generosity is that I Give because much has been given to me. I take what I have and I share it. In this case, I'm giving it back to God because God has given it to me in the first place. But I think for me, sometimes this is a struggle. Sometimes it's hard to be generous because I look at my pile of resources and I'm like, if I give out of this pile here, there's not going to be enough here. And I fail to realize that that's not why I give. I give because I have been given. And so it's an encouragement for me to live generously. And we try to do this as a church. I don't know if you realize this, but we have a lot of like projects kind of going on in the background that we're encouraging you to be a part of. Um, just this summer, we, we did a project for Next Steps uh, Pregnancy Center. where We had baby bottles. Some of you took them home and filled them up with change and brought them back. Um, I think over $700 came in, and I think over 22000 was raised for the pregnancy center with other churches participating. But of that money that came back, that $700, you know how, many of it we, we, how much of that we kept? Zero. So um, we just did back a, a, a couple weeks ago, we did the Lemonade for Hope, where we set up these lemonade stands and encourage you to go out there and, and, and to share and, and to donate. And we take all those proceeds and we give them to Oakland Hope. And we raised 1770 some odd dollars. You know how much of that went to Waterford Community Church? None of it. It went out there to them. Right now we're collecting candy, just something simple for, for InterVarsity. None of the staff will be eating candy on Tuesday, okay? 
It's, it's all going to inner varsity. So what we're doing here is we're trying to live generously as a church to say, look at how God has blessed us, and God has blessed us so much. How can we be sharing with other people? And so this idea of the first fruits is, a, is an encouragement for us to be generous. And generosity, let me just say this, generosity is more an act of gratitude than it's an act of faith. It's more an act of gratitude than it is an act of faith. And we're tying point two and point three together here, but sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to make this as my statement of faith that God will take care of me. Yes, that's partly true, and we'll get to that in a minute. But more than that, it's just simply a statement saying, look at what I have. I can do without this because I have so much. And so I pass that on as my, and serves as an encouragement to live generously. Fourthly, it's a command to worship. I think what's fascinating about this story that we just read in Deuteronomy 26 is it has this huge, long discourse and this declaration that you're supposed to say to God when you bring this in. So, you know, you bring it in and you need to, like, pull it up on your phone or your scroll or whatever you're carrying at the time and read this whole thing off. But if, if you recall when we read through that, it had a lot to say about who God was. Like, it talks about his powerful arm and how you, you saw our ministry and you cared about us and how you delivered us and how you let us out. And it's all about the worship. It's not about the cucumber. It's about the worship where we come in and say, wow, what a great God you are. Look what you've done. And that's what this principle of the first fruits is. It's about worshiping. Now, the idea of worship is simply this. Worship is how we, especially when it talks about God, this is how we give worth to God. So I ascribe worth to God by what I give to him or my giving, my generosity, my offering here is a demonstration or expression of how much I value God. So I give God nothing, well, then I don't value him. I give God little, I value him little. I give him out of my leftovers, well, that's where I have him in my priorities in my life. I don't value him here. And so this idea of worship is we are to give because we want to say about God, what a great God that we have. And I think this highly of you. In fact, I think so much of you, I'm bringing all of this. And it's a command to worship. And let me just say this, when we talk about worship, worship typically involves some cost. Typically there's something where I am sacrificing something of me for the sake of God. And as you look through, sometimes it's just my time, sometimes it's just my attention and my focus, sometimes it's just my expression of my soul, but, but it's costing me something at some level. And that's this idea of the first fruits. But I think what's interesting about this is when they brought these first fruits, it was actually a part of the feast. There are three feasts that they, they were to observe in the Old Testament, and this was part of it. But the feasts were about celebration. And so the idea here is that the people would come in with their first fruits saying, Look at this, isn't this great? Look what God's provided in our harvest so far. And it's, it's a time of celebration where we say, look at all I have. Look at all I've been given. 
Wow, here you go, God. And it's an act of celebration. Finally, it's an invitation to trust. Because they had to go out here and they had to gather their first fruits when they first arrived. So the whole harvest hadn't even come in yet. And there was no guarantee that they were going to get everything. They just were supposed to go out and harvest this first and bring that in. In a sense, hope for the best. Or maybe we should say it more spiritually, and trust God that he would provide in the harvest. Now, I'm sure there were some years where the harvest was just overflowing. I'm sure there were other years where the harvest was a little bit meager and slim. It didn't matter. You started with the first fruits, and then you went back out to harvest. And it was an expression of trust saying, it doesn't matter what the harvest is going to be this year. I'm still going to give you this, and I'll somehow be okay here with what comes in when we go out here for the rest of the harvest. And it's an expression of faith in saying that if God's provided up to this point, well, he's going to keep providing for me. And so we look at this idea. There's five things that are wrapped up in this command. But really, here's the big idea. The big idea is this. We give to God first because he first gives to us. And this principle of the first fruits isn't that we give to God so that he will give to us. It's that we give to God because he has given to us. And we order our lives that way. We wake up in the morning and we realize that we have these resources sitting in front of us that could be anything from its material to, to, to time to, to opportunity. And we say, look what God has given me. And first things first, okay, you get this. Maybe God gets the first of your morning. Maybe, maybe God gets the first of your finances. Maybe God gets the first of your affection. You can go back to, to what Mark talked about a couple weeks. But we give to God first because he first gives to us. And so this morning this message is about cucumbers, but it's really not about cucumbers. It's about vegetables, but it's really not about vegetables. It's about the fact that God has given to us. And we have this opportunity to give back to God. And we talked about five things here. It's a chance for us to be reminded that he is our source. It's a chance for us to demonstrate gratitude. It's a chance for us to practice generosity. It's a, a chance for us to declare worship and to express trust. But it's not about cucumbers. It's about what those cucumbers represent. It's about the time that God gives us. It's about the financial resources that God gives us. It's about the opportunities that God gives us. And it's about us not giving God what the leftovers are. Oh, I hope I have some time left. If I do, maybe I'll make it to church. I hope I have some money left, because if I do, maybe it'll make it in the offering plate. Oh, I hope I have some, some energy left, because if I do, I'll, I'll be willing to serve there. It's not leftovers. It's we start here. We start here, and then we see what happens. I remember my dad was a pastor, so in, in back in the day, we did church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I, I listened to my dad talk a lot. And then when we were in a church, I'd come home, and he'd talk some more. And he had a lot of lessons and a lot of sermons that he preached at dinner, too. I've heard a lot of them. And I remember very few of them. 
But I remember this one. And for, I don't even know what it was about, but it fits here. But he wore this cardigan sweater. And I don't have a cardigan sweater. And as he was preaching, he was buttoning up that sweater as he went. And when he got done, he had buttoned it wrong. So it looked a little funny. He got all the way down. He had a button at the bottom. And there was a, a hole at the top there that didn't have a button in it. And he'd been doing this. And he says, now, he looks at it, he says, you know what happened here? He said, I got started wrong. And if you get started wrong, the rest of it's completely wrong too. And that's exactly what God's talking about here. You need to get started right. You get started right by saying, okay, God, you get the first. You get the best. You get the beginning here. And if you start right, it all lines up. If you get started wrong, it's all going to go cockeyed. So is God getting your first? Or is God getting what's left over? Are you expressing worship? And what kind of worship are you expressing? Are you expressing faith? Are you showing generosity? Are, are you living in gratitude? Have you forgotten the fact that God is actually your source? Just a cucumber. But this cucumber represents an awful lot, doesn't it? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for what you give us. And we all are so blessed. And I realize, God, we can point to other people in the world who have more than we do, but wow, we have so much more than most do. First of all, we have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Could we be given more? I don't think so. Thank you for that. And if you're listening this morning, either online or, or here in the room, and you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants you to have that. That's the greatest gift, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of freedom, the gift of eternal life. Those are all there waiting for you. So you just invite Christ into your life. So God, you give us that, and then you just give us so many other things. You give us relationships, and we're so blessed in our relationships, and you give us just um, materially so many different things that we have, that we enjoy, and, and that uh, you're so good. Sometimes we're just too willing to give you the leftovers, though. I pray that you forgive us for that. I pray that you would challenge us to start in the right place, where you get what's first. And then we can go out to the harvest. And for those of us, all of us in this room, I guess that's the question for us this morning, is, is God getting what's first? Is he getting what's left over? And maybe you need to do some inventory in the different areas of your life, in your finances, in your, in your time, in your affections, and what, what, what uh, is on your heart the most, in your relationships even. God getting what's first or the leftovers? God, I pray that as we go through this week, that you would bring the simple idea of a cucumber to mind, if that's what we need. Or I pray that you would just, um, through your spirit, when we are tempted to pursue our self first or to give you leftovers, I pray that, that we would just feel that nudge that says, no, no, no. And I pray that we would be reminded to put you first. 
And then, God, where there's areas where we've just been not doing the right thing here, I pray that you would give us the courage to take the faith step that we need, whether it's of gratitude or generosity or trust or worship, that we would take that step. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, would you stand with me this morning? Thanks so much for coming. Uh, next week, our last of our summer hours, uh, when we get to the 12th, we'll go back to our 11 o'clock service start time, and uh, we'll be finished up this short series and start something we're going to call Life Trails. And we're going to do something a little bit different in this year to come. We're going to ha have a series that actually runs through the whole year. So if you can imagine that, a nine-month series, it's called Life Trails. We're going to break it out. You'll have, to, you'll have to see what we're doing with it. It won't get stale and it won't get boring. It's going to be a lot of fun and I think challenging at the same time. If you really like cucumbers, I have so many cucumbers, I don't know what to do with them. Please come grab a cucumber here, um, wash them up, take them home, put them on your salad, put them on your sandwich. They're, I love cucumbers. They're, they're crunchy and moist. It's, it's great. And then some people take them and they put them in like a vat of like this sour, nasty stuff and turn them into pickles. That's disrespectful to cucumbers, just so you know. <laughs> You're dismissed. Have a great day.